Welcome to the New to Crypto podcast, designed to guide you through the crypto landscape with pinpoint accuracy, created for the new and intermediate crypto investor. Join your host, Crypto Travels Michael, as he takes you through the different facets of getting started and succeeding in your crypto journey. New to Crypto podcast brings you new episodes daily, Monday through Friday, with surprise bonus episodes sometimes on the weekend. Let me ask you, are you new to crypto? Don't know where to start? Are you more experienced but have questions? Then you're in the right place. This podcast is designed for you. Coming at you from the Trading Center in the Lifestyle Design Studio, here's your host, Crypto Travels Michael. Brave Wallet is the first secure crypto wallet built natively in a Web3 crypto browser. No extension required. You can store, manage, and grow your portfolio, get NFTs, and multi-chain support. Download the Brave Privacy Browser at brave.com slash new to crypto and click on the wallet icon to get started. Today I have on the show Al Morris, the founder of Coin Network. This is an awesome project and you definitely do not want to miss this episode. Stay tuned to learn all the exciting things that Koi has going. Al, man, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for coming out. Yeah, really great to be here. Before we dive into Koi, can you can you tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I was working in the robotics industry uh, back in 2015, 2016. I started kind of realizing that a lot of the stuff that I was working on was sort of downstream from where the real problems were happening, which was in the information space. The internet was sort of taking over the whole economy. So the factories that I was working in often were dominated by the marketing minds at the top of the companies. Uh, so I moved over into the internet world, started understanding that. And uh, kind of after looking at digital marketing for a while, really wanted to make uh, censorship prevention systems and kind of free speech systems that could hopefully uh, make the internet a little bit more of a level playing field. So it wouldn't necessarily be dominated just by the people who have the money to advertise and market and that kind of thing. So that's kind of how we found ourselves building Quit. Awesome. And I understand you started Koi like back in 2017. Can you give a little bit of an overview about what, what is Koi Network? Uh, so in its current form, Koi is a way of deploying decentralized applications that are truly decentralized, uh, where we include end users' devices, their phones, computers, uh, you know, even if they have a large hosting setup, uh, we can let the end user rent that out to other people who want to actually provide a decentralized experience, have fully kind of trustless applications. And uh, we have monetized this entire thing by minting a token called the Koi token. It's K-O-I-I. And Koi is awarded only to people who actually produce content into this network. So as a, a node operator, you don't mine new tokens. You actually just earn them for doing services, uh, which kind of puts the power back in the hands of the content creators. This actually came, though, from, as you said, a much earlier idea, which was called uh, Breadcrumbs Browser. And so we were trying to make a... Uh, an open and kind of community-based way of browsing the internet so that you could have context from other people. Kind of like when you see comments on something on social media, it gives you a little bit better context of what you're looking at. We wanted to give that experience to people uh, all of the time while they're looking at the internet. And that kind of led us down this path of trying to build better and better decentralized tools. I ran a company called weteachblockchain.org in Chicago for quite a while, kind of teaching people about DAOs and how all this stuff fits together. Because really, it goes well beyond cryptocurrency. You know, there's... Uh, the currencies itself, uh, they're really they're there as the incentive mechanism, but the tools that are behind them that they enable are really quite powerful. And that's kind of where we get this idea of trustlessness, because you can trust that other people are kind of engaged in the same game that you are. Okay. And can you tell us, share with our listeners, like, who does Koi help? Like, you touched on, you know, uh, some of the information that you were 
touching in the beginning, but who does it actually help? So for content creators who want to mint and publish their content, uh, you can okay. use Koi, you can drag and drop uh, an image or a video, anything like that. Uh, we have a mobile product coming out that allows you to, even if you're in uh, China or Russia and there's censorship situations, uh, you can anonymously download this toolkit onto your device. You can publish content straight into a decentralized network where it can't be censored. And then you can actually earn cryptocurrency when other people look at it. So that means you can wow. then either use that currency to fund further stuff that you're publishing, or you can actually sell it and you know fund your lifestyle. Wow. Okay. I definitely like I like where you're going with that. Why did you call it Koi? What is what is there a story on um, behind it, or where'd you come up with that? Uh, so Koi is an abbreviation. Uh, so it stands for Knowledgeable, Open, and Infinite Internet, uh, which is kind of the grand vision that we have for what this could accomplish. So the, the current internet actually exists more as kind of a, a fragmented system. Uh, so we have several different internets around the world, and they don't actually talk to each other that well. Um, not only that, but a lot of the stuff that's on the internet is not actually knowledge or truth. It's more like kind of misinformation. It's almost all designed as kind of coordinated marketing. So we had this ambition of creating something more akin to a Wikipedia type experience where the content is moderated by the community and you have kind of a gradual progression towards better knowledge. Okay. And what would, what would you say are some of the, like the top benefits with Koi? Is there anything else out there like what you've built? Um, so the point of Koi is that it aggregates together a lot of other systems. So decentralized storage, like Arweave and Filecoin, uh, that already allows you to take a file and store it on thousands of other people's computers. And those are really powerful just on their own, because that means that instead of it being stored on Facebook's server, where Facebook's liable for it, uh, or where they have control of it for that matter, now it can be stored on other people's devices and you're paying them a small amount of cryptocurrency to do that. Um, the trick though, for most people is that they don't have a good way to buy cryptocurrency, or if they do, they don't have a good way to trade the currency that they might buy. So Bitcoin or Ethereum for something like a storage token. And it's very complicated to do all those extra steps. So what we try to create is a way for somebody who is not actually going to buy the tokens up front to come into the ecosystem and earn their fair share. And then they can actually start to earn enough to be able to participate kind of gradually on ramp them. The cool thing about this, though, is that because all of this content is stored on this open infrastructure, it is all available. And so it's all open and everybody can actually go in and look at the information behind the algorithm of a newsfeed, for example. So if you didn't like Facebook's newsfeed, you could take your content, go over, make a new website, invite your friends to go there and you could tweak the algorithm a little bit and have your own version of that ecosystem and start to build your own community where, you know, you show the things that are important to you. Man, that's really cool. That's um. We're going to have all of your links on on our episode blog post page for today. So that way, all of our listeners can actually go check out what you guys have going on. You touched on Arweave and Filecoin. How does Koi actually utilize Arweave? How does it tie? Is it is it? I assume it's for storage, yes? Yeah. So um, Koi is a uh, layer N protocol, we call it. So we have a network of nodes that do uh, settlement tasks, like actually storing and transferring value, very similar to something like Solana. And that's a very temporary network, so it doesn't have the immutable qualities uh, it basically recycles information constantly. And if you want to keep information on it, you actually have to pay rent. So what we do, though, is we kind of pair that with decentralized storage so that you can have this kind of long-term storage location. Uh, and that's kind of where Arweave comes in. So with a lot of the assets we create, uh, we create the asset on Arweave initially. So NFTs, for example, we upload the video, we wrap it with an NFT. It all lives inside of Arweave. And then we use the coin network to transact that value and kind of interact with it and do all kinds of additional scalable features. Okay. I'm glad you brought up uh, about the NFTs. I wanted to, that's actually one of the things I wanted to ask you. I was actually on a live uh, YouTube that you guys were part of at the end of last year. And uh, you guys touched on NFTs. 
I think it was for developers. But can you share with us uh, about what Koi is doing with with NFTs a little bit deeper? Sure. Um, so this is this idea of atomic NFTs. Uh, and these are kind of meant to be the fundamental building blocks of this new internet that we're trying to create. And so the way that we see that is um, with most NFTs currently, you have a contract on something like Ethereum or Polygon or Solana. And then it mirrors or it, it maps, you should say, to a um, to a media location. So there's something out there on Arweave or Filecoin, or maybe it's just on Google Storage. And we're saying that this contract on Ethereum owns that media asset. So we kind of we wanted to simplify that a little bit and make it a little bit more efficient. So what we did instead was we added uh, smart contracts into the storage layer. And so the storage layer itself now contains the smart contract along with the media file, all in one location with one ID. And this is a lot more efficient, uh, both from a cost standpoint. So you can mint like a you know one gigabyte movie for about like ten cents. Um, wow. It'll be stored permanently onto Arweave, and then you can take that asset that you've created on Arweave and you can mirror it or wrap it into something like Ethereum or Solana and transact it on the marketplace. So it's wow. kind of a, it's a little bit of a simpler way for a lot of people. And then we built a, a wallet around that called Finny that's got about twenty thousand users. And with Finny, you can drag and drop files and make these atomic assets. The Finny wallet. The link's definitely on our uh, episode blog post page. So we have listeners listening. If if they wanted to, you know, upload like you know a gig video, like you just mentioned, how and where would they go to to do that? Um, so if you go through the Finny wallet, I think there's an upload limit of uh, ten megabytes. But we also have an interface on Coi.rocks so that I think is a little higher, and uh, we have people on our team that can help you do uh, larger and larger files. Awesome. And I was going through some of your website and some of your information, and you know. You guys have talked about Koi nodes. Can you break down for our listeners a little bit more about what are Koi nodes? So there's this thing that's been happening uh, with many blockchain systems where you have the blockchain itself, and then you have your website that talks to the blockchain. And there's usually a little bit of information that's missing, or there's some things that you can't quite facilitate. Um, so an example of this would be uh, if you personally don't want to hold your keys for something, uh, like it's something that you're just accessing temporarily, you might want to be able to log in with a username and password. And so these kinds of intermediary steps that exist make it difficult for apps to be fully decentralized because often you end up having a server that's talking to your smart contract. It might even control the smart contract. And so what we did with Coinos is we created an arbitrary way to decentralize those servers that sit in the middle. And so you can do something like, you know, create a search function that indexes all of the NFTs that you have and then shows them into a website, which otherwise you would have to probably do that in a centralized way, which means that it eventually becomes a kind of a threat from a hacker standpoint. Um, so somebody mm-hmm. can attack your system. Uh, and so with Coinodes, you can do this all using other people's computers. Uh, we've integrated all kinds of like fancy services like a name service and some kind of like other quick tools like caching. And so for a developer who's coming in from kind of the traditional JavaScript world, they can sit down with Koi and they can deploy something that feels like a traditional Mern stack app, which is like the kind of traditional JavaScript world. And so if somebody comes over to us, they can quickly kind of get into the decentralized tech without actually having to go and sit down and write smart contracts. And then they can actually do this in an even more scalable and decentralized way. Nice. Uh, too, the tokens that you use to pay these coin nodes are actually the same token that we give up based on attention. And so when you create these assets, these atomic NFTs, or if you're to create a social media website using Koi, you can mine these attention tokens and then use that to pay for your hosting. Uh, so we try to create this full cycle economy. Okay. I, I want to get into your token in a moment, but we touched on atomic NFTs just briefly, but you know, for most of our listeners, that's going to be a new phrase for them, atomic NFTs. Can you like break down kind of like a, in a simplistic way for them? Yeah, sure. Um, so with an atomic NFT, basically what you're saying is I own this piece of storage. Um, where typically when you upload something to decentralized storage, 
it's owned by your key, but it's not necessarily owned in a transferable way. So what we did was we added some ownership properties as well as kind of metadata into the actual file upload. Um, and so instead of it just being like the raw file, we've created almost like a new file type, like, you know, how you kind of have like a JPEG or a PNG or a PDF. Um, these atomic NFTs are kind of a way of structuring the data that goes into decentralized storage so that it has the ability to be transferred to somebody else and also to have the ability to say that someone specifically owns it uh, so that it can be used with another uh, NFT. Because what was happening for a while was that you could go on to uh, like OpenSea and you could look for the uh, IPFS or the Filecoin or the Arweave URL of the asset. And then you could go mint another NFT that's also pointing at that asset. And somebody would have no way of knowing whether yours was real or the one that was created before was real. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, if they knew about the other one, they might be able to figure that out. But it's kind of hard to tell initially. Uh, so with this, the asset that's on our weave is the thing that is the asset. And so there's no risk of somebody creating another pointer or fraudulently using that. Excellent. So you definitely overcame a problem that definitely exists in the industry, you know? So Yeah. yeah there's some cool things you can do with it as well. So because it's programmable storage, you can actually go and uh, you can make them dynamic. So we have a couple of these NFTs that are uh, they're called the Narcissus Flowers. Uh, we released a collection of them. And these ones respond dynamically to attention. And so if you give the Narcissus Flowers more attention, like if more people actually go and look at them each day, the flower will open. And so it's like actually evolving in real time. It's a fully self-sustaining application. It even pays its own hosting costs using the attention that it earns. And we're working wow. on a number of other kind of properties like this. We have a thing called a content DAO that works kind of the same way. So uh, there's a guy in Australia that's been uploading photos of uh, light posts. Those are mm-hmm. kind of like photos of the internet. You know, you got all the wires coming in and out of the posts. So he's uploading these photos and he's got other people in other countries also uploading these photos. And the collective of all of these photos earns coin tokens based on how many people are looking at it, which then get distributed to all the people who submit images. Um, and all the hosting costs get paid by the same coin token. So there's kind of this... What? Uh, the self-sustaining nature of the media. Where'd you get the idea for like the opening flower, for example, in, in that type of NFT? Uh, that one wasn't mine, actually. Uh, that came from uh, Colin, our head of ops. There's been a few other iterations of these kind of dynamic NFTs as well. Uh, there's a fellow by the name of Darren Klein. who uh, runs uh, the NFP podcast at Cointelegraph. And he mm-hmm. made a whole bunch of zombies uh, that actually evolve as you look at them as well. And so, uh, like, when your zombie gets really popular, you know, it starts smoking. When it gets to, I think, like, 10 views, it changes its skin color to, like, kind of orange, like it's on fire. Uh, I think when it gets to 100, it gets a podcast mic, you know, that kind of thing. Nice. Awesome, man. So, can you break down a little bit about your token for for everyone listening? Sure. Uh, So, we're minting a token. We have a small pre-mine, about, like, 10 billion tokens. And then what we're hoping to do, though, uh, with the Koi token is we want the community to own this over time. Uh, We see this as kind of like the easiest way to get lots of people involved, because if you show it to lots of your friends, then you can mine a bunch of these tokens. And so over the next 10 years, we're going to be giving up half the control to the community. And we also earmarked half of the pre-mine to be given out as uh, community rewards. So our goal is basically to give away access to all of these devices that everybody is contributing. So we're giving everybody an opportunity to run a node and earn tokens that way. You can publish content. You can also earn tokens that way. Um, and really what we're hoping to create is kind of an economy where the users are actually exchanging value directly with other users, not necessarily with us. We're just kind of here to write the code. Absolutely. No, I, that's awesome, man. So, Al, your your project is decentralized and, you know, and, and you're talking about storing the medium and, and using Arweave. What are your thoughts with decentralized media? Uh, so this whole kind of idea of blockchain is all about creating open access for people. And I think this is gradually becoming a larger and larger problem. 
if we look at kind of a lot of the conflicts going on in the world today, there is a huge problem with uh, the propaganda cycle, basically. So uh, rhetoric gets created to motivate action in democratic countries. And that rhetoric often lives on beyond the conflict that it was created to motivate. And so we've created this kind of giant echo chamber where there's all of these lies floating around on the internet. And they get larger and larger every day because they keep building their following, even sometimes long after they originally have served their purpose. And so what we're trying to do with decentralized media is to create an open standard where things can be captured immutably. And hopefully, over time, people have the ability to kind of develop a tolerance to the things that are more radical so that we can start to focus on the things that we have in common instead of the things that divide us. And so the, the really exciting thing about that, at least for me, is that that means that over time, if this kind of a system reaches uh, critical adoption, then it becomes progressively harder for people to manipulate each other uh, using the internet, which I think is really important because, you know, 10 years ago, the leaders in the world probably weren't that internet savvy. You know, there were a lot of them were older and they hadn't had time to learn yet. But it's definitely becoming true that, like, you know, today's leaders are quite aware of how to actually use these systems to manipulate people. I think Facebook's being investigated for like election meddling in something like 12 countries. And not necessarily Facebook themselves as an organization, but the platform has been used to control people. Um, and I think the potential of decentralized media is that the internet becomes a tool that uh, actually kind of liberates people more so than kind of captures them. And rather than distracting you, it could actually improve your life. Brave Wallet is the first secure crypto wallet built natively in a Web3 crypto browser. What's Web3? Web3 is freedom from big tech and Wall Street. More control and better privacy. But there's a weak point in Web3, your crypto wallet. Most wallets are browser extensions, a Web2 technology. That means the same old risks, app spoofing, phishing scams, and theft. Brave Wallet is different. Brave Wallet is the first secure wallet built natively in a Web3 crypto browser. No extension required. With Brave Wallet, you can buy, store, send, and swap assets, manage NFTs, even connect other wallets and dApps, all from the security of the best privacy browser on the market. Whether you're new to crypto or a seasoned pro, it's time to ditch those risky extensions. It's time to switch to Brave Wallet. Download Brave at brave.com forward slash new to crypto and click on the wallet icon to get started. Absolutely. That's one of the most awesome things about crypto and, and blockchain in general is is the freedom. You know, the, there's the freedom is in comes in so many forms, it, just like what you were sharing with decentralized media, uh, the freedom. I can send you some some coins, some tokens right now. And there's there's no middle person. You know, it's just you're you're in another country than I'm currently in right now. And there's you know, it's just peer to peer. And, uh, you know, there's no permission asking or, uh, you know, things like that. So it's 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 a game changer for uh, the future of the world that we live in. You know, yeah, I think from a financial inclusion standpoint, too, it's really exciting because in the past, there have been a lot of revolutions that have asked people to participate out of their own kindness without really asking much in return. I think the cool thing about this revolution is that if you get in at the ground floor, you can actually kind of ride the wave, even though you're making the world a better place. Um, and so you get rewarded in two ways. You get a better world that you get to live in and you get to own a piece of it, uh, which is unlike most systems that have ever existed before. Absolutely. And, you know, not to mention the token supplies, you know, are are fixed with most projects as opposed to, you know, fiat issued by countries. So how is... Is there anything you want to share with upcoming information or upcoming news that you guys have, you know, your 2022 roadmap with Koi? Uh, so there's one kind of exciting release coming up. 
we built this mostly in support of uh, this idea of a content DAO. Um, and so the tool is basically like Snapchat. Uh, so you can download this on your phone. Uh, you don't have to go through an app store. It's completely decentralized. You just go to a, a variety of different websites and you can install it right off the website. And once it's on your phone, you can use it like Snapchat to capture anything. Take a photo, a video, capture some audio, maybe just write something out. And you can submit that into our decentralized media network. And once you do, you'll start earning coin tokens. Um, and you can do this all basically for free because you don't have to actually pay to upload anything. You just take photos and then you can earn tokens. Um, and so that's coming out in probably the next couple of weeks. And then we'll also have nodes coming out after that. So once you earn some tokens by posting content, then you can stake those tokens, run a node, and get some passive income. Um, this should all and, probably be available by the summer. And what would be the benefit of sharing, uh, like taking photos, sharing content? Like w- in Snapchat, you're sending it to, you know, I guess you're following. But how can you break down a little bit more about, you know, like let's say, you know, I don't know, I take a picture of the ocean, the beach, right? And I upload it. Like, is it going to be where people are following me and they're going to be able to see that? Or does it just go generalized to, you know, your entire media network? How does that work? So we have a lot of people building leaderboards. There's kind of two sides to this, right? There's the photos of the beach, and then there's the photos of the war zone. The photos of the war zone are the ones we're kind of focused on engaging at the moment because we really want to make sure that that content gets captured in an immutable way uh, so that people will be judged in the future for their actions. But the thing about this that's really exciting is that because it's all on this general attention system and it's all open, anybody who wants to can make a leaderboard that can access the entire repository of all of this content. And so your photo of the beach might show up in 10 different websites. It's not just going to be in one place. Um, hmm. It will show up on our attention leaderboard. So you can go to Koi.rocks and you can see uh, that's Koi, K-O-I-I dot rocks, R-O-C-K-S. And you can see the full attention leaderboard of all the things that are currently earning Koi tokens based on the attention they're getting. And some of these people are, you know, once they get on the leaderboard, they might get 20, 50,000 views. They might make, you know, 10 to 50 to 100 Koi tokens, uh, which, you know, coming into our ICO uh, should be quite nice for them. Nice. Man, that's exciting. Is there anything else that you want to share with the audience before we uh, wrap up here? Uh, so we have a kind of a slogan at Koi. Uh, the slogan is demand decentralization, because if we don't demand it, then it doesn't really happen. Um, this is one of those things where, you know, we all have a chance to kind of ask for the world that we want to live in. And so if we keep asking for the world that we want, uh, it will probably happen. It's just a matter of prioritizing people uh, who are providing the products that you want to use. Uh, and so with a lot of the projects that you've had on this podcast, I actually listened to a handful of the episodes it's just it's just a matter of going out and trying their products and seeing how they're doing. Because it can be really easy to stay in your echo chamber. But if you step outside of it for a moment and try out these new things, there's a lot of exciting things out there. And honestly, almost every decentralized product that I'm aware of will basically pay you to show up. So create an account, try it out, and you know, see how it goes. It can't hurt. Absolutely. And you're rewarding your users, you know, with Koi. That's the idea. Sh- sharing content and they get rewarded you know, receive tokens. It's uh, Al, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for coming out and uh, you're welcome back anytime. And uh, maybe in the future, we'll have to do a video for YouTube and uh, we can unpack some more about what you guys have going at Koi. Sounds great. Real pleasure talking to you. Thanks for the great questions. Absolutely, man. If you like today's episode, definitely like and subscribe to the podcast, show your support and chime in here tomorrow for another special episode. Until then, make it a great day. Thanks for tuning in to New to Crypto Podcast. If you like the episode, be sure to follow and subscribe. You can listen to every episode on all major platforms. 
have an interest in being on the show or want advertising reach out at newtocrypto.io head over to our site newtocrypto.io to access the resources mentioned in each episode until next time remember to navigate the crypto landscape with pinpoint accuracy 